Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be, I never do this. Well, I've got two good emails to go through with you today. Both of them are success stories. The first one is a guy who I believe he said he's 53 years old and he's a recovering nice guy, beta male, as he puts it. And what's so perplexing to him is how night and day different women respond to him. He's dating two different women now that he says are both eights on a scale of one to ten and he's just kind of scratching his head because he's like, women never paid attention to me like this ever before in my life. What gives? And the second email is from a guy who read my book one time and after he just finished reading it, he went out and had a really great first date last night, followed everything, textbook, hung out, had fun and hooked up and had a really great date with this girl. So I've got a quote that I wrote on this topic because both these guys are doing a great job of embodying masculine energy. And not just embodying masculine energy but doing it in a balanced way where they stay in their masculine energy because most guys that don't know any better tend to vacillate back and forth between being in their masculine and being in their feminine and obviously if a masculine guy is attracted to a feminine woman and then he starts acting feminine, the sexual polarity is going to evaporate instantly. So I have, let's go through this quote and then we'll jump right into the first guy's email. And the quote says, men who know how to act like real masculine men and who are comfortable in their masculine energy are very rare. This is because most men vacillate back and forth in an unbalanced way between being in their masculine and feminine energy. They are so rare that most women hardly ever encounter them and when they unexpectedly do, they often become unsure of themselves but love letting the men take control and lead their interactions. When a feminine woman is in the presence of a masculine man who knows how to lead and be a real man, she will feel safe and comfortable enough to relax, let go, and become totally submissive to his lead. Unfortunately, most men will never get to experience this kind of submissiveness, playfulness, and sexual polarity with women. A man who wishes to become the type of man all women dream of should focus on cultivating his own masculinity by focusing on his mission and purpose in life, taking care of his body and being healthy, and creating a great life and lifestyle full of fun activities and people. This will naturally and effortlessly attract the right kind of women into his life that match and mirror who he becomes when he is at his best personally. The biggest piece of becoming successful if you're a man in order to become successful with women is really taking care of you and getting focused on the things that make you as a man most attractive to women. Because for, at the end of the day, attraction has already been handled by mother nature. Women know within two to three seconds if you're attractive enough to date and potentially sleep with. And even guys that are really handsome and good looking will do great at the very beginning but when they're not comfortable in their masculine energy and they vacillate back and forth, they tend to act like doormats, they get rejected just as bad as a nice guy who's maybe mediocre in the looks department and just barely holding on with his fingernails. 
So let's go through the first guy's email. He says, hey, Corey, I'm a recovering nice guy beta male, 53 years old. Better late than never. You're never too old to become the person you were meant to be. If you're still alive, it means you still got time to shape who you are and shape your destiny. And at the end of the day, if you had done what you were put on this earth to do, you wouldn't have any reason to be here anymore. Hence, if you're still here, it means you still got work to do. I would always be able to meet great, beautiful women, but over time, I would talk them right out of liking me. That was pretty much what happened in my 20s. Anyway, I met this one great woman. We talked about marriage, how we were meant for each other, soulmates, etc., etc. She had children, so we would not spend the night together often, but we're always on the phone. I never setting dates, but playing it by ear. In other words, not being the leader, being okay with, in essence, just becoming a therapist or the gay male girlfriend over the phone. So what happens is when you act like that, you're kind of ambiguous with your intent. Now, a lot of guys, the whole reason they're interacting with this woman is because they're sexually attracted. They want to have something romantic with her. But they think by being nice and being there for her and listening on the phone and all that, that it will cause her to want to date and sleep with them, marry them, have a relationship. What ends up happening is they always get, you're really nice, but I just there's something missing. There's some chemistry missing. I don't feel that spark is what they'll say. What they're really saying without really realizing is you're not acting like a man consistently. Therefore, I'm not feeling consistent sexual attraction to you. It's just the way it is. It's not to take it personally or a swift kicked in the nuts. It's just to take that in and say, all right, the way I've been showing up in the past has not worked. Therefore, obviously, something I've been doing is wrong and I need to change my approach. I was out picking up some lunch today and I ran into a couple who – a guy who's apparently a big fan of my work. He was there with his girlfriend. They both looked really happy. You could definitely tell he was fucking leader in that relationship and she was really happy for him to be the leader. And he proceeded to tell me how great my book was and how much it had changed his life and she's just sitting there with a big smile on her face really excited and you got two people walking around having a great time together enjoying their lives smiling and being happy and they're just a beacon of good feelings for everybody that they that gets the gift of being in their presence they literally change the world wherever they go because so few people experience this it's really beautiful and i'm honored that my work somebody and this particular guy i'd never coached him before he just got my book watched videos, read a bunch of articles, went out and applied it. He's very happy. And I'm happy for him and his girl. It's awesome. Running by her house during the workday so we could hang out. All these behaviors got me off my purpose. I became needy and a pleaser. So you can see what happened is he might have initially been in his masculine in the beginning, but over time, in order to be what he thought she wanted, he became a pleaser. In other words, he was masculine at first and then he started acting more and more feminine and unsure of himself and started trying to be more of a follower instead of the leader. And so she goes from being in her feminine in the beginning to she's mostly in her masculine towards the end and she's going to resent it. Any woman would resent it because they don't want to be the leader. That's not the natural essence of feminine energy. 
the role is completely flipped. And this is what I see so much. These are the kinds of things that I used to do when I was younger and I didn't know any better. He says, it was ridiculous looking back. Three months later, she dumped me. I was shocked. I never saw it coming. If I had a dollar for every time I've gotten an email from somebody saying, I never saw it coming. You know the drill. That's when I found your book. I have read it four times and like you tell the readers, I have found different and deeper meanings in it each time I have read it. Well, as a coach, I teach fundamentals. And if you've been with me for a while, you notice that every topic eventually I tend to come back around and discuss it and come at it from a hundred different angles. Because as a coach, that's what coaches do. They teach fundamentals and they hold their players accountable to those fundamentals. Like Bill Parcells said, or I'm sorry, this is Phil Jackson, which he wrote a great book called Eleven Rings. He was a former coach of Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. He said the coach's job is to hold the players and the organization accountable to the vision that they have set for the organization. Obviously in the NBA, it's about winning NBA championships. And it's like for me as a coach, it's one of the big things I always ask people. That whenever I do a phone session with somebody, it's always, what is your outcome? What do you want to get out of this phone session? Why did you book the phone session? What do you want my help with today? Because it ain't about me, it's about them. But I need to find out what they're trying to accomplish so I can help them. And sometimes I talk to people and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> you dropped all that money to talk to me and you didn't know why you booked a, a phone session in the first place. So I have to dig a little deeper and pull it out of them. But that's what a great coach does. It's like, what are your outcomes? What do you want to get? What do you want to achieve? Who do you want to become? And then it's helping them craft a strategy, getting past their limiting beliefs, the story that they tell themselves, their model of the world. Because most often when I talk to people that are, ha that are struggling and not getting the results that they want, they typically, especially people that are trying to figure out their purpose, when someone says, I don't know what my purpose is, what it is, what's really going on is they have a belief that is in conflict with their goals and their purpose. Therefore, anytime they think about it or consider what they really want to do, their belief gets in the way and they just tell themselves, no, they just dismiss it outright. So when I talk to people and I ask questions, that comes out, that subconscious or conscious belief, the story that they tell themselves, and by pointing that out and emotionally anchoring them to positive behaviors, it will move them towards what they want and obviously emotionally anchoring them to negative behaviors that they want to avoid or move away from gets them emotionally conditioned to move in the right direction. That's why in some of my videos, if a guy's being a weak bitch, I'll call him out on it. That's what a great friend would do. I mean, wouldn't you, all, everybody that's watching this, don't you appreciate great friends that tell you how it is and they don't blow sunshine up your ass? You need that, especially if you've got lots of people around you kissing your ass and telling you how awesome you are. You need to have a handful of good friends that will tell you like it is. And that's what I do as a coach. I'm not here to bullshit anybody. I'm not here to blow sunshine up anybody's ass. And I'm quite frankly not worried about people getting their feelings all in a bunch. I'm just here to help you get the results. It is what it is. Kissing ass doesn't serve anybody. Great advice by you have great advice by you to have people read it so many times. Again, it's like why do I say 10 to 15 times? I mean when you look at my book and the knowledge that's in there, 
this is knowledge from my whole life of studying self-help and thousands of books I've read over the course of my life and all the seminars I've attended and all the self-help gurus and all the different spiritual traditions that I've studied and I've weaved that all together in a mosaic, a big puzzle. It, it takes things that seem to be very complicated subjects, don't really have any connection and connecting all the dots so somebody can read my book just like the couple that I met today when I was picking up some lunch. Guy can read, put some time in over a course of several months, completely fucking change his life. So you get the benefit not only of everything I've learned but all the thousands of people I've studied over the course of my life, all it's like the Cliff Notes version in essence, the stuff that's really the most important. The differences that make the difference. That's what my book will give you. It's the base fundamentals that obviously all the videos like this one are help are here to help people fine tune and tweak their approach to see what's working for other people, what's not working for other people so they can learn from those experiences without having to painfully go through those types of experiences themselves. It's much better to learn from other people that have done all the fucking up so you learn what to do and what not to do instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and figure it all out on your own. I've never heard anyone ever suggest that. Must respect I'm reading again currently. Well, if you study like NFL football, I mean every team has a playbook that they learn all the different plays. And some of the teams are playbooks, they have hundreds of plays in there, which you know they have a core group of plays and those other hundred might be different permutations where a tight end might be on one side or the other or there might be no tight end at all. Maybe there's an extra lineman or people in the backfield or extra receiver sets. The idea is to learn the base fundamentals of the offense so when it comes to game planning, the coaches can prepare for each opponent and therefore pit their strengths against the other team's weaknesses. I actually put it on paper so I can go back and refer to it often. He says, it's a year later, I have tightened up my mission, where I am heading, values, what's important to me, and my state of mind, being peaceful with what is, not being needy or attached. I actually put it on paper so I can go back to it and refer to it often. All these things I could personally control and improve on with work and awareness. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing. You only have control over what you do and how you show up. So when you take care of you, you take care of your mission, your purpose, your life, you start focusing on your body, you start focusing on creating a life and lifestyle that's full of the kind of activities that you really enjoy. Meeting a great like-minded woman will just be a side effect of that process. That's why it's not so much about memorizing a magic pickup line or certain techniques. It's really all about you and how you're showing up. Because when we take care of you and you become the kind of person that you want to attract, the right person will walk right into your life and it'll easily and effortlessly a love story will happen with minimal effort on your part. So here's the reason why I'm writing. The last two women I have been out with, both in the 8 to 10 range and both beauty and success, are really highly respected and prized women. As I'm practicing what you coach, I can tell both women are into me. They are currently at least an 8 as far as attraction level towards me. Here's what is new to me. 
They both have said that they are really nervous around me. They say that I intimidate them. In other words, remember, it's a scientific fact that women are more attracted to men whose feelings are unclear. And most women are used to guys going out and constantly professing what they feel and what their future vision is that, that they see for them and their relationship. But with you, when you have lots of options, you're going to take your time to make a decision. So therefore, you're not in a rush. So what happens is you're being complete 180 degree opposite of every other dude that these women interact with. And that's why it's so confusing but also exhilarating for them. And it's really cute. It's really beautiful when you're out with somebody you really like and they're unsure of themselves. And then you reassure them that you like them or you're interested or they say something like, you really intimidate me. And you say something that puts them at ease and makes them feel comfortable. What happens? They're like a magnet. They're like, they get even closer to you and they start putting their hands on you and they want to rub up all against you. Being even more submissive because now you've made it safe and comfortable for them to be vulnerable. It's a beautiful thing. It's an honor. It's a gift for a man to receive that from a woman and very few guys will ever get what this is like. One actually tried to invite me to an NBA game but was dancing her all around it. I said in a playful way, well, you know you're going to have to ask me if you want to go out. And of course she did and I went. We had a great time. I also get the, I never do this. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard that personally or I've gotten an email or talked to somebody, I'm not like usually like this with other men. It's a true statement but you should take that as a compliment because what they're saying is it's so rare to be in the presence of a real fucking man and you're doing something that I'm not used to. My response in a playful James Bond way is you do now with a smile. Days later when she was mentioning being nervous or intimidated, she brought up asking me to the game. She said she was scared that I would say no. At the end of the day, it's a scientific fact that women are more attracted to men whose feelings are unclear. It doesn't mean you hide your interest from them. It just means that they have to work to find out. And at the end of the day, women are curious like cats. If they're unsure how you feel, they're going to ask you. At the end of the day, it has a positive effect on their attraction level. Another time with another woman, we were out with other friends that randomly showed up at the bar. She started to overdrink, not her style, and the next day we woke the next day she woke up hungover. She said that this never happens to her. Anyway, she equated it to her feeling uncertain when she is with me. She also used the word nervous. So a woman's expressing that she's nervous and unsure, that's when you put your hand on the inside of her thigh and just slide her over to you a little closer and kiss her. That's the reassurance. She says, I'm unsure how you feel about me. And then you put your arms around her and you kiss her. Now you've just confirmed that you're into her without having to say it. It's a beautiful, fun way to interact. She's being vulnerable, saying I'm unsure of myself. And you reassure her with your affection and your kissing and your being close to her. You're not trying to bash her or demean her. Just, it's beautiful. 
It's a beautiful dance. My point is that my new way of being has totally created a new way women feel and act around me. Overall, is a positive reaction, I guess, but just odd that it's never happened to me before and now it happens all the time. It has actually made my confidence shoot through the roof. That's the whole fucking point. You're totally in your masculine. And when you're totally in your masculine, women respond and become very submissive and playful. Because if you're a guy that's always vacillated back and forth, what a lot of times happens is when you interact with women, they're kind of cold, they're kind of distant. You really can't tell what's going on or what they think of you because you've been vacillated. I mean this guy's 53 years old and this is the first time in his life he's experiencing this. And it's shooting his confidence through the roof. What does that do? It puts him even more in his masculine energy. It makes him even more centered. And what does that do to women? It makes him even more attractive. It stretches that sexual polarity out even more. Maybe you can comment on this. Do you see this in your experience with yourself and other clients? Well, I actually talk about this in the book and I've talked about this in countless videos. So it's par for the course, dude. This is totally normal. It's kind of like the matrix. It's like you've been in this world all around you, but you haven't had the right glasses on to view the matrix, if you will. And my book gives you those glasses. It's the difference that makes the difference. And for those of you that don't have it, the audiobook is available. You can even get the audiobook for free by signing up for a free trial to audible.com. It's a great fucking deal. I appreciate all you do. You have a very impressive insight on how a lot of things work. Thanks for sharing. It is my purpose, my friend. It's what I do. And thanks for being 53 years old and applying these things and completely changing your life and having a great impact on the women that get the honor of spending time with you. So let's go to the second guy's email. He says, hey, Corey, thanks for everything you do. My name is Bob and I just had a great night with the first girl I met using what you teach. I've only read your book once so far and I promise I will read it until it becomes second nature. You better or else you've helped me become aware of my weaknesses so much more. I also look at girls way different now, so thank you. Number one, I found out that she was interested in me. Number two, I initiated and scheduled a date and kept the conversation humorous but to a minimum when she texted me only. In other words, he's using the phone to set dates. Instead of talking to the woman, because this all, first date, totally mysterious, he's being direct, decisive, getting right to the point, making a definite date, you got a definite date, definite time, definite place to meet. There's a lot of guys go, well, what do you want to do? Well, what do you want to go out? What time do you want to go out? What time do you want me to pick up, pick you up? Or do you want me to meet you somewhere? They give Roger with all kinds of questions. She's like, oh, yep, here's another guy that doesn't know how to act like a man and wants me to tell him what to do. That's why women always say, where are all the great guys? The best guys, they're either married or they're gay. A lot of women say that because masculine men are so fucking rare. Men that embody the things I teach are so very rare. Number three, we went to multiple places on our date. We started with shots at her place. I asked fun, light questions that got her talking about what she liked. Perfect. We had fun, we hung out, and we hooked up. Hang out, have fun, hook up. Right on my book. A man's job is to create an opportunity for sex to happen. That's it. 
an opportunity. Doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen, but you create the conditions and you do it in the environment where she's going to feel safe and comfortable. She can spend a few hours around you and see that you're totally in your masculine, which for most women, it's going to be the first time they've ever gone on a date with a guy like this. And that's why they feel so comfortable being so submissive and just letting a guy have his way with her, even on their first date. He says, now you already know this, but she actually told me all the other guys fuck up by not doing what you say to do. There's another woman through this guy is confirming, again, the stuff that's in my book. They don't initiate or they let her wear the pants and make the choices. So in other words, when she's playing with her hair and, and touching the guy and being extra close, all the signs that she's ready to be kissed or physical contact is okay, they do nothing except spin in a circle like a dog chasing its tail. She said later on her date, yes, we were both fairly intoxicated, it made me so hot, it made my panties wet when I saw through the text that you took control and set and planned the date. I told all my friends and they agreed how hot that was. It's another thing about women. Everything that happens on your date, you're going to tell all their girlfriends, especially when you do things right. When you finally do meet the girlfriends, what happens? Their eyes are all big. They're all extra nice to you because you're like a legend because you're like something out of a museum. It's like they don't see real men very often that act this way. Because she's an alpha female and where she lives and works, she has guys all over her. She tried to test me so many times while almost simultaneously giving signals, hand brushing up against mine, sitting closer to me when possible, leaning into the conversation over dinner while I lay back, spread my legs out like a king, talking about how she uses lots of her tongue. So now she's throwing sexual innuendos at this guy. Most guys have never been on a first date with a woman that behaves this way. And if they ever have, it never goes anywhere because they just fumble it. They don't know what to do. And she will continue, but I am ready because I am an alpha male thanks to you. And if I do fuck it up, I know where and how not to do that in the future thanks to your material. Until then, I will keep them chasing me. That's what they want anyway. Even though they say they don't, I want a guy that pursues me. It's true. But a guy really only needs to pursue for about the first two to three weeks, the first two to three dates. And once the woman starts reaching out, you can back off and pretty much wait to hear from him and make the next date. Because over the course of five, six, seven weeks, it'll get to the point where they're literally calling and texting you every day. And if a woman is initiating contact every day, sometimes multiple times a day, she's always going to be over at your place. The more a woman falls in love with you, the higher her attraction goes, the more of your time and attention she's going to want. And that's a great way to lift the burden off the guys that are worried about a relationship. You start out once per week, taking measured steps. Six, seven weeks later, she's going to be in love and wanting to know if you want to be exclusive with her. You never have to worry about rejection. makes it pretty fucking easy. And for us guys, that enables us to focus 100% on our purpose and mission in life without sitting at work worrying when the girl's going to call next or when you're going to see her next or how things are going to go. You know how it's going to go, just like James Bond always does. 
P.S. I know you're a busy man, but if there's anything you know I need to work on, please tell me. Read the book 10 to 15 times. That's about all I can say, dude, because you crushed it. I will read the book until I have the material mastered. Keep watching your videos and learning. I am your Padawan. P.S.S. I totally got Roadhead for the first time ever after dinner on the way back home from our date. Yes, cha-ching. Then we ended back at her place. Well, I think it's really awesome, but something you might want to keep in mind. I was, when I was reading this, it brought me back to a date that I had. This was going back hmm, – this is probably 99. I was 29 at this time. I was on a date with this girl and we're driving down the road. And we're giving road, you know, she's giving me road head, and I'm, ugh, I'm trying to keep my eyes in the road and driving. And then we're going through a toll plaza, and as I'm as I'm going through the toll plaza, I'm thinking, you know what? With the position she's in, with her head here and the steering wheel, it would not be it'd be a really bad thing if I was to wreck a fucking car. Cause think about it, you wreck the car when she's, she might end up swallowing your lollipop, and you'll be. That's not a, that's not a good pleasant thought. So, you think about that next time when you're you want to get some roadhead. That, gotta be safe with that now. So, if you'd like to get my help personally, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen, and follow the instructions for booking, any option, coaching option that works for you. And I will talk to you soon. <laughs>